This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Ayo, welcome in to the CHGO White Sox podcast, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app today and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Welcome in to a remote version of our CHGO White Sox podcast. This is our podcast only. It happens every uh, Sunday, post every Monday morning at the midnight hour. Um, and we are back here on a Sunday to start a whole new week of CHGO shows. We will be back with you Monday through Thursday, live at 4 p.m. on the CHGO Sports YouTube channel. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. And it's the full CHGO White Sox crew today alongside me. For the first time in over a month, Vinny Duber. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. And man, you missed a lot just on Twitter alone. Um, so hey, there you go. We're not going to catch you up on that in this uh, episode today. Uh, and we also got Herb Lawrence today. Hello. You can follow him on Twitter at ActorWall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. But today we're basically going to be playing uh, Guess What Happened, Vinny. Um, Vinny has been gone, uh, enjoying his honeymoon in the land down under. And uh, we're going to catch him up to speed and get his thoughts on Jose Abreu going to Houston, Mike clevenger signing with the white Sox, and much much more but first off how is the land down under Vinny? it was fantastic guys it's good to see you good to be good to be back on the uh on, on the pod back in the swing of things so to speak but uh yeah what a trip it was great uh you know that's uh it, it's a, everything you wanted it to be uh we kind of uh did some nonstop vacationing, uh, you know, kind of a lot of uh, a lot of activities packed into a month, a lot of different parts of that uh, wonderful country down there. Uh, I can't wait to tell Liam Hendricks all about it when I see him at spring training. <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah, it was it was an absolutely tremendous time. And, uh, you know, I, I, some people since we've in the in the couple of days since we've been back have been asking us, what you know, oh, what was your favorite part? What was your favorite part? Not sure that that not sure we have time to answer that question, because uh, re- literally every day was packed with something different and, and something really cool so um obviously fun to uh, take in another country i my first time out of the country uh pretty much i had been to canada one time on a, on a nice little road trip once but uh you know that was that was just driving across the border um uh, this was ba- pretty much my first time out of the country my first big international trip and uh it was cool to see uh some some foreign stuff man i mean they they're zoo animals to us but uh everything down there is obviously a different a different kind of wildlife so it was uh Fun to take that all in, not to mention uh, all the culture from the from the great folks who live down there. And I know we've got a few who uh, who watch our show on a regular basis. So uh, I'll, I'll say thank you as uh, uh, ambassadors to uh, to Australia. Speaking of wild, wild animals, did you see any out there that was like just way too close to you? Like you see a wallaby out there just chilling? Herb, I almost hit a wallaby with a car. Oh my uh, so that's not my fault. Not my fault. I like to think that I did a pretty good job of driving on the left side of the road. Yeah, but, it's the wallaby's uh, fault. But the wallaby, man, it dashed out right right in front of the car. And I was, I was, you know, it, it, I evaded it, thank God. But uh, that could have been a problem. Uh, but, man, we saw so much stuff. Uh, I mean, you know, kangaroos, uh, you know, in the forest, wild, you know, wild experiences. Uh, you know, we got to go to a, a, a national park. Um, that was um, sea lions, Australian sea lions. And you get to take a tour right down on the beach where they're, where they're living and walk by them and everything. Uh, very cool stuff. Um, you know, uh, we saw the spiders. We had some, uh, some run-ins with some really big spiders. Uh, um, no, no venomous snakes, thankfully, but uh, you know, plenty, plenty of lizards and, and, and fish out there in the great barrier reef and uh, you know, all sorts of, uh, all sorts of cool bird life. Saw an emu, saw a pair of emus uh, uh, from the car as we were driving, driving through a forest at one point. So um, yeah, it was, it was all over the place and uh, you know, it was great to kind of take that in. It was a uh, constant reminder uh, that you were in a different country in a different part of the world. Certainly very cool. Well, last we left off, you said you were going to be going checking out uh, the World uh, Cup of Cricket. So basically, you saw foreign baseball. So what was foreign baseball like? I know you wrote a little post on uh, All CHGO2 about it. 
Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, it was fantastic. Of course, the uh, the guy who uh, covers sports for a living, the, the minute he lands in Australia, drags his <laughs> wife to a sporting event. But uh, yeah, the, the final of the World Cup of cricket was really cool. Uh, Pakistan versus England. Um, the atmosphere was just awesome. Uh, it, it turns out that Melbourne, where we were uh, in Australia uh, for that, has a has a pretty big Pakistani population. And, and they were out waving the flags and, and really going nuts to make the atmosphere really cool. Uh, we spent the first half of the of the, the match uh, or whatever you want to call it the test I guess is the proper term uh figuring out what the rules were and how the game was played so that added a fun element to it also but uh yeah I would I would encourage everybody uh who's a baseball fan to watch watch a cricket game just because there are so many similarities and so many little differences uh and and it's really cool I mean we could spend probably an entire podcast just like picking apart the very the very close relationship and sometimes far relationship between those two sports, because, uh, you know, every time you'd watch something, you go, Oh, okay. What's the pitcher doing now? Oh, it's not called the pitcher, but yeah, I get it. All right. So there's, there's pitches, there's outfield. Well, I know it's not outfield, but what, you know, what are they doing? So, uh, it was, it was fun to, fun to watch a really good time. And uh, like I said, I'd encourage everybody, especially in the middle of winter, right. When there's no baseball to be had, try to find online somewhere, a a cricket match and, and give it a watch. Were they doing the wave? at all like was it no. like a baseball okay i don't know no, maybe maybe no, that no that's wave. good it yeah, seems like cricket's exactly. a great sport yeah they've taken they've taken it and modernized it any people <laughs> yelling at the manager to like pinch run or anything <laughs> well not because i i honestly i again i'm no expert i was figuring this out on the fly but it, it doesn't really seem like there's much they can do i think you've got the same number of players out there the whole time and it seems that even the pitchers, you have to change pitchers constantly. So you can't, you know, every so certain number of pitches or throws or bowls or whatever you want to call it. I'm sure there's an actual name for it. Bowls, I believe you have to change the pitcher, but it's just a guy who's elsewhere on the field. So you're not plugging in a new guy from your bench and constantly filing people out there. It's just, uh, it, I, again, I think baseball fans would really get a kick out of it because it, it, it happens to accomplish a lot of the things that baseball is trying to accomplish that constant movement and constant action. Uh, and, and I think it's, uh, it, you know, Hey, maybe major league baseball can learn something from cricket. Yeah. My assumption was always that it was long. It is. So there are three, I think there are three different kinds and three different match lengths. The famous one that we've always heard about are the ones that last multiple days. Right. But we were watching a version, which is called T20, which is relatively new. And apparently it's, it, and it, it cr- crunches everything down to about two and a half hours of the length of a sporting event that we're used to. And apparently it has done wonders in popularizing the game among people who were casual fans or not fans or young people who have the, uh, you know, short attention spans that we keep hearing so much about. But it, it, it definitely seems like they did the thing that Major League Baseball wants to do to baseball to kind of quicken it and shorten it up. And it worked brilliantly. So I would not be surprised, like I said, if baseball could learn a thing or two from 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 watching cricket. I heard all those uh, pitching changes right there. Terry Francona was like, what, what, we get to go? And then you said there's no manager really does it. He's like, ah, son of a bitch. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure he's got to have somebody's got to draw up a plan or, you know, tell people where to go when. But uh, there's no no real substitutions. It seemed like like we get uh, constantly a parade of in every Major League Baseball game. Well, when you said that, like people, they're just playing, you know, picking people from the infield or whatever they call it to go and be pitchers. I thought your mean Mercedes would have a great job doing that because, I mean, we saw him pitch and hey, you know, he can't find anything else to do. But, you know, if they're switching and putting him on the mound and now he could go and launch bombs. I don't know if they launch bombs in cricket, but yeah, he could do that. They do, but it's it's not necessarily something you want to do. So you mm. can hit what we would call a home run, right? And it's worth the most amount of runs it, uh, that you can get in one in one go. That being said, if you miss and you pop the ball up, you're out and you're done batting. Mm. <laughs> Once you're out, you're out. Wow. And so uh, if you pop, if you just hit a fly ball, you you it's, it does a significant more amount of damage to your team's ability to score runs than it would in a baseball game where you just get more opportunities. So, um, or, you know, you specifically get to come up later in the game kind of thing. Um, so you do not want to make an out. And so if you're just swinging for the fences, like everybody is in major league baseball, trying to get the ball in the air, right. It's not necessarily going to work out for you very well, unless you're so strong and so good with the ridiculously shaped bat you know, that you can get the ball out every single time. You're not going to be able to do that. So you see a lot of just grounders, but they go through, you score a run, you keep moving. So 
fascinating. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> That's it's fun. Nuts. And and I'm sure, like I said, I'm sure one of our Aussie viewers or someone who watches from around the world is listening to me explain this and going, no, you're doing a terrible job of this. This is all wrong. I will, I will again say, this is from my understanding, sitting in the nosebleed sections at the uh, Melbourne Cricket Ground, uh, trying to figure out what was going on down way down below. I feel like we're learning, so that's good enough. You know, I mean, it didn't come for an education. Uh, final thing on Australia. I've always heard the food's kind of, eh. What was the, what's the review on the Australian food? Well, it was really good, but it was not super, I don't even want to say not unique because they're using all the local ingredients, obviously. But like, it's nothing where, you know, you can point to Mexican food and you know what that is. You point to Chinese food and you know what that is. There's no real like quote unquote Australian food because like America, they've got a large community of immigrants from all over the world and all those things are mixing together and, you know, creating some stuff. So, uh, I liked basically everything we ate, uh, you know, but, uh, I, I don't know if I could sit here and say, Oh, you got to have this thing you've never heard of before, which they only have in Australia. Basically, uh, the famed, uh, catchphrase shrimp on the Barbie, right? It's nothing. They don't have shrimp. They have prawns down there. They're just huge shrimp and they're delicious and they might be my new favorite food. So uh, I love I love prawns. I was eating prawns like every other day down there. Sounds, Sounds like a great trip, man. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like fun. Did you miss baseball at all? Did you miss the White Sox? <laughs> Let's put it this way. I had a nice vacation. <laughs> there uh, you go. No, I'm, like I said, I am glad to be back and back into the swing of things. Uh, hey we get to call this a job, right? So uh, let's, sure. let's, let's get back to work, of course. But, uh, you know, it's still fun talking about baseball every single day. Uh, oh, oh, let's put it this way. I miss baseball the same amount that I would miss baseball in any normal December if I were here, right? Let's go. It's, been, it's already been two months without it. Let's, let's start playing again. Absolutely. And we got winter meetings to catch you up on. Uh, first, oh, boy. Uh, I know, Vinny, uh, you know, they, they put shrimp or prawns on the Barbie. You could also put a, a meat stick on the Barbie. Our good friends over at Green Ridge Farm, they're a Chicago local meat and cheese company offering you a better all-natural option. They're the makers of all-natural deli meat, sausages, and their famous meat sticks. Perfect for tailgating, happy hour, school lunches. And these all-natural meat sticks are hardwood smoked for eight hours with 16 grams of protein per stick. They make a perfect post-workout snack. The meat sticks come in chicken, black forest beef, and flavors like jalapeno cheddar and spicy chili. And Green Rich Farm makes fantastic deli meat. I go and pick it up at the Jewels. And I urge you, if you're at Costco, Sam's Club, or your Chicagoland grocery store, to pick up some Green Rich Farm meat or cheese today because they... Again, the, the recipes are generations in the making, so they taste delicious for that reason. There's a lot of love into these meats and cheese products. So right now, when you order any three meat products at GreenRidgeFarm.com, include a pack of meat sticks in your cart. Those meat sticks will be free simply by using code CHGO at checkout. Again, any three meat products at Green Ridge Farm and include a pack of meat sticks in your cart. Those meat sticks will be free simply by using code CHGO at checkout. Green Ridge Farm, Simply Natural Meat. And then ComEd, they are serving people in the communities that they um, serve and manage. Uh, the ComEd Efficiency, Pro Efficiency Program is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities we serve and manage energy, manage energy usage and lower energy bills now into the future. ComEd offers a wide array of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across our territories. And customers can inquire about how to upgrade outdated lighting to energy and money-saving efficient LED lights, learn more about network lighting to operate your lights through your mobile device, and track your facility's energy usage and more. Incentives have recently increased for indoor-outdoor lighting and network lighting controls, making these projects even more cost-effective than before. So visit comed.com slash poweringbiz now to start saving money and energy. That's comed.com slash poweringbiz. To start a project, contact us at 1-855-433-2700. For, for, for more information, email businessee at comed.com. Now, I noticed that Green Ridge Farms did not offer a, a kangaroo flavor, a kangaroo <laughs> variety. I did have kangaroo several times down there. Wow. I don't think they serve them up. Well, here's the thing, Herb. Kangaroo are basically deer in Australia. They're all over the place. They're getting hit by cars all the time. Uh, they just kind of sit around in fields. They're, they're, you know, like I said, they're zoo animals to us. And it's, it's strange to walk by or, or drive by a, a field of kangaroo because you're like some, something escaped from the zoo. But uh, they're basically the deer of Australia and the locals there don't really uh, think twice about them. Uh, but yes, they are available on many menus down there. Uh, and not too bad. Not Is it deer-like? Like venison or... A little. It's not quite. I, I I would. 
I'm not a huge fan of venison. I would say this was a little better than venison. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it tasted like meat. You know, it was made into a sausage. It was fine. Okay. It was like a sausage. <laughs> we had it, it on like a pizza. A... We had it on a pizza also. Uh, the prawn pizza was better, I think. But we had kangaroo Ooh. pizza as well. And uh, uh, that was, so yeah, that was interesting. How's Australian pizza? Uh, it's like America where it really depends on the, the individual restaurant where you're going. Okay. Obviously, it does not compare to what we have here in Chicago, course, but, but, but nothing like... does. Right. It would be like, you know, if you were in an American city like, you know, that isn't known for pizza, like, you know, Seattle or Phoenix or something like that. Those towns are going to have some fine pizza places. You know what I mean? But, you know, it's not like you're going there for the pizza. But we came across a bar that was off that made a bunch of pizzas and had animals on it that we don't have at home. So we, we gave it a go. <laughs> I've gone to Colorado Springs and like we, the one pizza place we ordered from, like every other place looked kind of bad and this place looked decent and ended up being like, you know, like eight out of 10 pizza. So like you can find good pizza anywhere. So, hey, which is, listen, we live in Chicago. We live in the pizza capital of the universe. Mm -hmm. Everything here is going to be better than everything everywhere else, but that's fine. That doesn't mean that there's nothing okay anywhere else. If if it's not an eight out of 10 here, then I have an issue. But if it's an eight out of 10 anywhere, it's, you know, it's an eight out of 10. I can, I can respect that. Um, Did you, before we keep on going on, did you see any actual baseball fields in Australia? As we know, we have baseball players here, but mostly our relievers. Yeah, no fields. The fields, you know, as you would, if you were to drive through, you know, the city or the suburbs or any rural place, you'd drive by a baseball diamond right on the, on the side of the road. There's our, our, uh, what they call ovals. Um, which you could play uh, both cricket there or you could play Aussie rules football there. Um, or, or I think you could probably play rugby there too. I'm not quite sure what shape a rugby field is, but they're basically just a, a field and they, they have an oval uh, and you can play uh, multiple sports there. Uh, not just, not just one. That's nuts. Yeah. So no, I, I believe baseball season was going on or about to start because obviously it's summer down there. Um, but, uh, yeah. So I think, you know, before we left, I think Liam Hendricks told me like, oh yeah, the, you know, the, the, they're going to be playing baseball down there. And I'm like, oh, Aussie baseball. Okay. Interesting. Name, a, name an Austri- Australian baseball player, Sean. Peter Except Moylan. Hendricks. That's okay. You got one. I'm trying, I'm just trying to th- rack my brain of Australian baseball players. Well, yeah. So is it still like niche-ish down there? Well, I mean, it would be like. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I can't imagine it's as popular even as soccer is here. You know like what I mean? Lacrosse, like, the lacrosse. Yeah, like they have it. We have major league lacrosse. I think that's yeah, a thing. We do. But um, <laughs> I don't know. You know, I don't know if anybody's going to it. Uh, I think we saw one of their pro basketball teams at the airport <laughs> in some city. So I think they they must they're just traveling through the airport. You know, like <laughs> uh, so. Uh, but yeah, the big ones, the big sports down there are Auss- the biggest ones: Aussie rules football. Uh, and then cricket, and then I believe rugby would be their third biggest one. But uh, we were able to watch, so the you know the Australian soccer team, the Socceroos, uh, mm-hmm. advanced to the round of sixteen in the World Cup that's going on right now. And so uh, what the the morning of their game uh, against Argentina, we woke up real early and we went to the to the park to and and watched with all Ooh. the all the Australians. It was a huge, massive crowd. They had big screens up and everything, so that was fun. That was pretty cool to to see everybody decked out, and they did they were doing some of that dangerous European soccer fan business where they're throwing flares in the crowd and all that. So you had to (laughs) keep your head on a swivel, but, uh, but yeah, it was, it was, it was a fun atmosphere for sure. Well, that was a tight game too. Like, didn't it? Yeah. I guess uh, they, they made it close at the end. Australia did. I I thought it was a little different. They uh, Argentina took a two nothing lead. I thought it was one, one or something like that, but flares watch out. Yeah. Watch out. After they scored that, after they scored their only goal, it was, it was very smoky. Yeah. Don't give people on the south side, uh, you know, any ideas. Just, just, That's just, a great just, point. Just keep it to the guaranteed rate uh, professionals behind the the exploding scoreboard. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Uh, anyways, let's get to the White Sox. Uh, let's get to the largest storyline that you missed out of winter meetings, or I guess your winter break here. Jose Abreu to the Houston Astros. I felt very weird emailing that to you, um, and then I never got a response. So I might have uh, never. That might have been my last correspondence to you. Thankfully, it's not. Um, what do you make of Jose Abreu going to the Astros? First of all, good for Jose. He got a nice payday, three years. Uh, you know, for someone uh, who somewhat wrongfully or. or unnecessarily was constantly being questioned about his advancing age. Um, Good for him that he found a team and a damn good one uh, that is willing to give him another three-year contract. Because as we talked about many, many times, 
he earned it. He didn't show any reason to believe um, that he was not going to continue to be a valuable hitter in, in the major leagues. And uh, a team that is the reigning World Series champion, a team that could very well keep winning the World Series uh, into the years into the future, um, realized that. And, and they added a very, very, very good bat to a already very, very, very good lineup. Um, so good for Jose, good for the Astros. Um, as for the White Sox, I'm I remain surprised. I remain surprised that this is um, a, a, a route that they so I don't want to say so willingly took, but, uh, uh, you know, I, I'm I would have expected them to 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 do it a little differently. We'll put it that way. Um, and, and it sounds like they did make him a contract offer. But um, to basically come out and say our one of our all time great players was just too expensive for us, you know, so sorry uh, that that. I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't seem like a way that they would want to go um, normally. And, and so that's why I'm surprised, right? I mean, they always kind of talk about keeping guys around. We saw how long for how many years uh, Herb, you know, how, how many guys they kept in you know, under long tenures from, from that world series team. And even, you know, before and, 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 and after. So um, I would have expected them to want to treat Jose the same way. And maybe they did want to, um, but they, they decided they couldn't. And um, I, I think a lot of, White Sox fans have probably spent the last few weeks saying, why aren't they spending more just period? Um, I think that that complaint is a special or that question, I should say, is particularly valid when it comes to Jose Abreu. And, and just because of the way that this franchise has operated in the past and maybe they want to move away from that and they want to move toward a situation where they're not known for holding on to guys too long and stuff like that. But this seemed to be a guy who very well proved that he was um, a not just a valuable piece of the White Sox puzzle, but an integral piece of the White Sox puzzle. And um, now they, 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 they seem my general thoughts on this White Sox offseason so far, and we'll get into it more. I'm sure is just, they seem to be making this kind of difficult for themselves. Um, you know, if their number one goal is to improve wildly over what last year's disappointing results were, um, they're not making it easy for themselves to do that. And and certainly that starts with Jose Abreu wearing a different uniform uh, than, than the one he spent the last better part of a decade in wearing uh, as a major league baseball player. I concur, Vinny. It's like, um, I don't mind, you know, in a vacuum that Jose Abreu goes to another team. That's fine. I don't see the plan to replace him yet. Like the actual numbers. And, you know, just sans the leadership, just throw that out for now. The actual numbers that he does, you haven't replaced him. I mean, I guess you would think you would get in the aggregate if a healthy Andrew Vaughn played in first base. Uh, Eloy Jimenez playing 100-plus games, 150 games. You would get the numbers made up. But still, I think you need to go out and do some more things. And it's only December 11th today, so it is still relatively early in the offseason. But... That's what most White Sox fans have been feeling like. How can you give up your most popular player and your best player for absolutely nothing and not replace them as yet? It seems like they might have a plan, but they haven't executed much of it yet. And that's where I'm coming from. And so I couldn't imagine you coming back from Australia and seeing like, okay, Jose's gone. Cool. But uh, who replaced him? Like, this is all empty over here. And then Timmy's talking to him, like in tweets that say they can see him in a different uniform. It's seems like he's dissatisfied and then he quickly erased that like and so it's some dysfunction going on with that team i just want them to have if they have a plan execute it we haven't seen it as yet yeah and i think too like the most surprising thing about jose leaving it was kind of quiet like jose said his piece and it was very kind of you know jose-ish and rick Hahn said you know it's very sad to see him don another uniform but outside of that, they gave him, I think, about like a three and a half minute long video on Twitter uh, saying goodbye. But we haven't really seen the reasoning why. It was just kind of they really like Andrew Vaughn. He has a new nickname, too. It's Vaughnie. They really stepped out on a limb with his new nickname. It's Vonnie. They just added well, that's, a Y. That's existed for a while. Um, I guess now it's official. I guess now it's going on the back of the Players Weekend jersey, right? It's awful. Um, <laughs> let's get a Play, little hey, Blame creative. the clubhouse. Blame the clubhouse. That seems to be their doing. Um, but anyways, it's just it, – it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. And what Rick keeps harping on, and it was what he was harping on with you guys – um, near the end of the season is that it looks like the trade market is going to be where they're going to be most fruitful or going to be able to add to this team. 
And we just hear reports from John Heyman recently saying that the trade market's very dry. And I feel like this is just playing out to be the trade deadline all over again, where the White Sox and Rick Hahn were left frustrated on August 2nd because they couldn't get a deal done. And along with the idea of them being competitive, but also trying to you know get rid of or getting rid of their longtime best player for 10 years, it seems like their best trade piece is Liam Hendricks. And what Herb and I have come down to is if you are going to trade Liam Hendricks, you signed him because you were in a competitive window. If you trade him, are you then not in a competitive window? And obviously we know the bullpen is ridiculously loaded right now. They have $38 million um, into their bullpen, but it is a very weird spot that they're in. And it really is in a prove it state. But with Rakan, I don't really know if he has that track record that anyone really has faith in. Well, that's a, I mean, that's, you can ask that question about Rakan. That's fine. What it seems to me right now is the more, um, restrictive thing is the payroll. Uh, and, and and Rick has come out and said that basically, right? That he's basically said, whether it was at the GM meetings, you know, prior to me leaving or the winter meetings while I was gone, he's basically laid out what they want their payroll to be and, and the restrictions that they're working within. Um, and if you're going to make, again, I come back to, they're making it hard on themselves because if you're going to put those restrictions on yourself in place, I mean, nobody's doing that to you, right? I mean, you, it, it would be one thing if their whole strategy was, well, we need team X to sign, you know, player Y. So team Z will have missed out on him and give us that guy that we want over there. It's one thing to do that. And that doesn't come to fruition because of, uh, you know, whatever number of factors. It's another thing to say, yeah, guys, no free agents for us, really. Um, you know, come out and say that. And again, I think that this, I, I'm, I very much am remembering the Manny Machado uh, chase yeah. right now. And what Rick Hahn said in the wake of that, not just right then, but in years that followed when he was like, you know what? We gave people, a, we, we, we made expectations a little too high on ourselves then. And I'm seeing the exact opposite. Now I'm seeing the pendulum swing all the way to the other side where they're saying, you know, Hey, expectations are low. Yeah, and it's weird. It's very odd to be in the spot the White Sox are right now. It's kind of like back in uh, Breaking Bad where Mike Amontrout is talking about half measures. While they want to not spend a lot of money and have a established budget, which, remember, people, there's no cap in baseball. There's this competitive balance tax where you play dollar for dollar sometimes or a percentage of over your cap, just the dollars that are over the cap which is not that prohibitive in baseball, not much more prohibitive in, in the NBA. So there's no cap. They can spend whatever they want. Their budget is self-imposed. And so they want that, but also they want to compete at the same time. And if you trade Liam Hendricks away, and this is the point I think we are making, like that to me signals that you're retooling on the fly. You're not competing in 2023 because why would you trade the best reliever one of the best relievers in the game away while you're trying to compete. That would signal to me, you're not probably going to get major league baseball player on team X from that team to the white Sox. And that major league baseball player is going to actually play to the back of the baseball card. I think you're trading Liam Hendricks. You're trading him for guys who are maybe on the precipice of MLB, but are high prospects because why would a team who only needs a closer away from competing in the playoffs in the world series, trade away somebody on their major league staff that they see as a good player. So I think it's not congruent what they're doing. They're talking about a budget, but also then talking about trading their best player, which they've already given away their best player hitter away. Why would they give away their best reliever away? And that would signal to me like the retool in 2023. And if they were doing that, I think most white Sox fans would be pissed, but it'd be a welcome sight that they're telling us the truth out front. Instead well, of this, we want to compete and also we want to save money. We can cross another thing off the things Vinny list, uh, Vinny missed list as uh, he missed the BAM tech sale. Uh, oh, league, uh, Major League Baseball sold the final 15% of its shares of BAM tech, uh, a streaming services or the I think of the basically the back end of their streaming services to Disney. Um, they sold the final 15% and the share to each and every team was $30 million. So a lot of the question is, Where's that BAM tech money going? And if the White Sox did have a, you know, 
I, I mean, we, we know they didn't have an unsuccessful 2022 just because of the attendance numbers, the highest attendance numbers in 2012. So a, a lot of questions are wondering about the budget because, you know, we haven't seen a full denial that they're going to go over that mark from last year. Like, we don't know if 190 is that limit. We don't know if 180 is that limit. There hasn't been real clarity on it. And I guess a lot of the inaction just leads you to believe that it's probably the lower end of whatever the uh, projection would be. Because they're well, sitting at around 171, I think, right now. I'll, I'll say a couple of things. First of all, let's remember, it, the, the White Sox and any other team in baseball can spend as much as they want, right? If they don't want to spend, they don't have to spend. They, there is nothing that says uh, because a certain number of fans buy tickets, they have to go out and spend money on free agents. There's no rule against that. They're a private company. They can do whatever they want, as mad as it might make you. Um, the second thing, Herb, you brought it up, and it's, it's very true. Uh, you know, Sean, you drew the comparison to the trade deadline. Well, if that's what we're gonna, if that's what we're gonna look at this offseason as, the trade deadline is months away, right? I mean, they've they've got a long time to 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 try and do whatever plan they want. Just because the trade market is whatever, however bad that it was being reported to be in mid December, doesn't mean it'll be that way in mid January, mid February, mid March, right? So there's 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 time. I'm not saying that there's time for them to go out and you know, sign Aaron judge. Cause he's off the board, but uh, you know, there's, there's time for things to still happen just because they haven't done um, or hit all the items on their to-do list by December 11th. Doesn't mean that they're not going to hit them at all. Um, that being said, I will go back to my, my main takeaway here so far, which is boy, you're, you're making it hard. You're making it really hard to do better than you did last year. Now I think all of us would probably agree that, what the White Sox seem to be banking on the most, which is internal improvement, improvement from the guys who are already on the roster is probably likely, but is it likely to the point where you're going to be competing for a world series, which is what the White Sox have said is their goal since this rebuild started. Uh, I don't know if, even if all those guys play the way that you're expecting them to play, if they have the seasons that we, the 2023 seasons that we thought they were going to have in 2022, sure. Maybe you're better than the Cleveland guardians, but are you as good as the Houston Astros without Jose Abreu? Are you as good as the New York Yankees without Jose Abreu? Um, you know, is 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 Mike Clevenger going to give you this kind of season that Johnny Cueto just gave you? And uh, granted, nobody saw that season coming from Johnny Cueto, but now that's what you need to replace. Mm -hmm. um, it's they're, they're, it's a challenge. It's it's a big, big, really hard thing to do to take a team that disappointed so much and basically say, all right. We're going to watch and see what they do. And I, and I think I think that there is a way in which that works, right? There's a way in which that outcome could be successful. And I will also like to say that Rick Hunt's not done. Like, I don't think anybody should be out there thinking like, oh, well, they just signed Mike Clevenger and that's all they're going to do this offseason. I can't believe it. Obviously, they're going to go get some more guys. They have to. They have. They don't have a second baseman. They don't have, uh, you know, a, guy, a corner outfielder. They have to go get some guys. But Herb, you're exactly right. If they decide to trade really anybody on the roster right now that isn't Yasmani Grandal. And we've talked about how realistic that, that kind of move is. Uh, what are, what are they trying to do this year? Because I, I mean, I, I've been talking about it since, you know, the summer when you started talking about trading Aloy Jimenez, you know, when you trade those kind of players, you get prospects back. And if that's, if that's what the White Sox are going to do, then, then what are they doing? Because aren't they trying to win a World Series in 2023? I think that's the expectation, right? That's mm -hmm. the expectation I would have for them is that they should be trying to win the World Series in 2023. Um, and so they're making it hard to reach that goal that they're obviously going to set for themselves. Again, it can be done. And, I, and I'm sure that the uh, I'm sure that they are true believers in the positive changes and the positive effects that Pedro Grafol and his new staff will bring. I'm sure they believe that that's going to be a big, big deal, and it very well might be. But you're you're putting a lot of you're putting a lot of chips on um, on on the same things. You're putting a lot of chips on just all right, be better. And uh, while it could work, it, it's going to be that's a, that's a risky bet to make. I think. And to bring out Herbie Sunshine, Sean had shown me a text um, from the quotes that Ryan Herrera had gotten for for us via uh, Rick Hahn at the uh, winter meetings where it was kind of like cryptic, kind of like he was confident for no reason. It seemed to me when I read it, I was like, how is he this confident when he really hasn't done anything? And that signals to me. 
that he knows something that we don't. And so that's why I sent to Sean. I was like, there's no way you can go around with getting Mike Clevenger and then Victor Reyes for a minor league deal and have the bravado, the, the, the confidence that he had in this one quote. It was pretty much just saying like, we're confident in what we're doing. You know, Sean's yeah, showing here, it on the I, screen right now. I got it. Uh, the answer is, are the Sox, or the question was, are the Sox still on the hold for moves? Uh, quote, I wouldn't call it a hold. We're having conversations. Primarily, I'd say a little bit more trades than free agent today. Um, and I think this was the last day that he spoke. We'll mm-hmm. see if something comes together in the next 24 hours before these meetings end. Our preference is for something to come together, but we're not going to force it. If it requires some uncharacteristic patience from those uh, of the uh, from those of us upstairs, then so be it. We'll wait until things properly line up for us. And it, it's it seems exactly like what you're saying, Vinny. Is just that you know you're you're just unsure, right? Like, and I'm I'm mainly unsure just because of the, the dominoes that have fallen. Like, it just seems like the free agents that they could sign, they'd keep going off. Like Nimmo is the last one to go. Um, I know on the international market, that's been pretty much cleared out at this point. Judge is gone. Um, so you're, you, there's still some lefties, but you were even wondering about Jock before you left, and he accepted his qualifying offer. So it's just more about the dominoes that have fallen, and I just don't know if the White Sox at a point will be able to you know, look at the board and not see just a wasteland, and then they just have to pick with the one standing, you know, just like Adam Eaton a couple years ago. Like that, That's my worry is that I don't know if patience has ever helped the White Sox. I would like them to be aggressive, I guess, at this point, because if they do have a limited budget, don't wait until you have a limited market. Well, and they didn't clearly with Clevenger, right? And I right. think and Han, we, Han probably yeah. knowing knowing Rick and the way he talks about these things, I'm guessing he brought that up numerous times. Is hey, look, we went out and got <laughs> Mike Clevenger. Um, but again, it's 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 something we've talked about as being true. Also, like you know, as hey, they went out and got Yasmani Grandal like before the winter meetings. Like it it makes sense, but. Um, yeah, they uh, again, I, I would point to the time thing. But again, then there's a flip side to that, which is this offseason is already looking different from offseasons past. Right. It's been a long time since we had a winter meetings like this. It's been a long time since this much free agent activity. The major guys were just done. Bam, bam, bam. One right after the other uh, it, it, over a week or two's time. Um that has been unusual. We've waited for some of these guys to sign in March in recent years. Um, so no, I don't think the White Sox are, are are done. I don't think they are seeing. I don't think they're seeing opportunities fall away because I don't think they saw them as opportunities. That's at least what I'm getting from from reading what Rick has been saying for the last month. Uh, has been, listen, we're probably not going to go get a big free agent. Okay, well, when so when free big free agent signs, is that a missed opportunity or not? Um, and maybe they are just sitting there and waiting for this thing to, to move to the next stage, to move to the stage where teams are more willing to listen on, on, on trades. Um, I will, I will also say this though. They're not, they're not, the thing that's surprising is they're not acting like a team that's trying to, to win the world series. I yeah. think, and th- let's put it this way. They don't have to, there's nothing that says you have to act like this in order to win the world series, but Teams that try to win the World Series. I mean, look, the Houston Astros were just the best team in baseball. They won the championship. They did it. They were the best from basically start to finish. And they went out and they got another guy. They went out and they got Jose Abreu and they added to that mix. Now, granted, they lost Justin Verlander in the process, but they they go out and they 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 participate. They don't just participate in the arms race. They set the arms race, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the Yankees had to re-sign Aaron Judge because of the Astros. You know, the Padres are out here offering... million to everybody that walks by him on the street because they can't win their own division because the Dodgers are so, so good. Um, Uh, The Phillies just made it to the world series and gave Trey Turner $300 million. They've been active every single off season since Bryce signing Bryce Harper. And you look at that Bryce Harper deal. He's making nine years, 220 million judge just signed for nine years, 365 and he's six years younger. Harper is. So it's like, none of these deals can like some of these deals might not hurt you. Like, well, it's not even that. It's just that it's just that the Phillies went the Phillies just made it to the World Series, right? Mm-hmm. And instead of saying, "All right, we're the best team right. in the National League. Everybody's chasing us." They're saying, "All right, how are we going to get better? How are we going to be better than the Astros?" Now, we need to be better than the Astros, only one team, cuz we were second. We finished mm-hmm. second. We need to be better than one team. Now, granted, they also know that Steve Cohen owns the Mets and they know mm-hmm. what the Mets are about to go do. So they got to stay beefed up. They know the Braves just signed every one of their young players to a 30 year contract, basically to keep them in Atlanta for the, you know, the rest of the millennium. And so, and so the Phillies have to, 
They 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 can't just sit there and hold serve. They've got it. They've got a match. They've got that's what this arms race looks like. And you see this with teams every single year, guys. Even to a degree, the Cubs are participating, right? <laughs> I mean, the Cardinals go out and take the Cubs' best player, so the Cubs have to go out and get a pitcher. They give a pitcher a four-year contract. Uh, you know, I, they got I, Bellinger not, too. I don't know if you missed that one. I saw that. Okay. I think the jury's still out on whether that was maybe a little too much money for Cody Bellinger given his stats, but we'll see. You know, well, what? good good for them. A little exciting, right? It was good like what? Twelve. It's twelve and a half million, and then like a, a buyout for five and a half. So right. So it's seventeen for one year for a guy who couldn't hit two hundred. Yeah. It's <laughs> it's only twelve because they'll pay him five million in the offseason. <laughs> <laughs> I guess my point is. The, the reason that White Sox fans are irritated and have been irritated in the past is there's the participation at that level yeah. of best teams in baseball trying to make themselves vastly better by signing the best players in baseball. That's what's expected. And again, there's no rule that says you have to do that in order to be a team that competes for a championship. But again, if you're going to self-select out of that out of that arms race, you are making it more difficult on yourself to make the kinds of improvements that you need to make to, to win the World Series, which is what their goal is. And so when we see the Astros win the World Series with that team, if it, the White Sox goal should be no less than have a team that's able to beat the Astros. And maybe they can, but you ensure that your chances of doing that are better by doing these kinds of things that we see the Astros and the Dodgers and the Phillies and the Braves and the Mets do on an annual basis. And I like what you said about the division people seeing other people in their division getting fat and like, we got to get fat too. like the Phillies and the Mets. Same thing with the Braves. You see what the Texas Rangers are doing. They can't beat the Houston Astros, even if they put the whole team on a hundred million dollar contracts. They're trying, but they're trying to keep up with the Houston Astros. Same thing with Seattle Mariners in that division. This is what the problem with the White Sox are. You see the Cleveland Guardians sign Josh Bell. Good signing. Not great. But they're better today than the White Sox. They're that much more better than the White Sox were. And so, yes, it would be great if the White Sox had a person and a team that was setting the market in the division, but they don't, sadly. And so, theoretically, the White Sox could come back with the team that they have currently constituted, and they play to the 70th, 80th, 90th percentile of the back of the baseball card. They can win the AL Central easily, but also we're not supposed to be competing with AL Central. Like you said, it's supposed to be the Astros and the Yankees, and they're not acting as such. And they're acting as, okay, we just need to get into the dance, and then anything can happen type of thing. You saw the Phillies get there and almost win the World Series type of thing. And that's being reactive instead of proactive. And all these teams being proactive, yeah, they might not finish in first place. But I guarantee at the end of the year, their fans, their stockholders, all the people who are involved around the team are going to be like, it's not that we didn't try, and that's what White Sox fans are thinking right now. We're not trying to win. Well, and I'll say this. like The Phillies are a good example because the Phillies didn't have to go get Trey Turner, right? right? The Phillies would have. The Phillies just won the pennant and would have been a very good team and one of the favorites to get back to the World Series um, had they kind of just stood pat, right? They could have accepted Gene Segura's player option, just left right. it. They didn't need to go get Trey Turner. The White Sox finished 500 last year and missed the playoffs. Right. Um, and and I I don't th- uh, my personal feeling is that their roster is still fine and pretty good right I mean it's still capable of doing the things that they want to do, but they know they've said Rick Hahn came out and said and has said multiple times they need to get a lot better, and if your offseason strategy on taking a 500 team to a uh, to a championship level team is to say, you guys need to work harder. Get Be better next year. Be better. It's, it's hard. It's hard to do. I'm not saying it can't work because I, I believe in the talent of a lot of the players on this White Sox team, but it is, it is asking a lot, and it's a very difficult thing. I don't think Rick Hahn is done, but if you're going to, like I said, self-select out of that arms race and let all the other guys take all the big dogs and say, oh, but we got our guys back here, and they're going to they're gonna do it. They're, last year, yeah, maybe forget about last year. They'll, they'll do better. They'll do better. They're going to have to do a lot better. And now they're going to have to do it without Jose Abreu, too. Well, and two, just to build off of this, like, I, I do think it's a fair point with her being like, if the Sox in 2023, if they play at their 80th percentile, they could win the AL Central. Just because, again, like Cleveland isn't pushing you to, to make that huge next move. But even if we look last year, we can just see that the White Sox never really pushed Cleveland to make that huge, big next move. They didn't push them to sign like a Josh Bell last year. 
because they just had Kel- Kelly and Graveman. Like, I-, I don't think they ever made like they bolstered their team, but they didn't. There was clear needs at second base and left field and right field last year. The White Sox could have made a larger sign signing and, and they could have pushed that market even a little bit further. Um, I know the but budget no, was no where one, it was at, but no one thought that no one thought that the White Sox wouldn't win that division in a run. I mean, I know people yes. were saying that, but I mean, the the point that you're making there is not necessarily the White Sox didn't do anything to hold back the rest of the division. I mean, you saw that we saw the Twins go sign Carlos Correa, and none of us were like, "Oh, the Twins are going to be so great." Like, no. I mean, the White Sox made their moves to hold off the division by by getting Aloy and Luis Robert and Tim Anderson and Jose Abreu and, and on and on and on and on and on, and then all those guys had bad years. With with you know with the exceptions that we have talked to talked about to death, but right. the point being, uh, you know, I, I don't view the White Sox as chasing the Cleveland Guardians because their their goal is not be the best team in the AL Central and that's it. They need if, if you're going to go into 2023 and your only mission is be better than the Guardians, then you're going to be what the fourth or fifth best team in the American League with no real shot of beating the Houston Astros, right? Well, and well, right and now this, you, the, you have you have four outfielders on the the roster in Luis Robert, Aloy Jimenez, Andrew Vaughn, and Gavin Sheets. Like that that none of those teams are beating those that outfield's not beating the Astros or, or Yankees. Well, right, but I guess my point is like you know you don't rebuild the team to win two AL central titles in three years, you rebuild the team to compete for the world series and to win Mm -hmm. the world series. And if you're, and, and, and I don't think that anybody in the front office at 35th and shields is thinking, Oh, as long as we're better than the guardians, that's good enough. I don't think they're thinking that, but if that's the outcome and the outcome is they're still head and shoulders below Houston and New York, and some of those other really good teams in the AL East. And, you know, what if the Texas Rangers finally decide that they want to be capable of making the playoffs with their uh, gargantuan contracts down there? Um, you know, those are the teams you need to be better than. And, heck, if your goal is to win the World Series, you need to be better than the Phillies and the Braves and the Mets and the Cardinals and the Dodgers and the Padres. Um it's a long list of teams that you need to quote unquote jump, right? Because uh, the White Sox were a 500 team last year. And uh, you, a lot of these teams approach their off seasons, it seems like, as we need to be good enough to beat all those teams. And I think the White Sox are doing the same thing, but the way that the strategy that they have at least voiced or, or, or laid out for us um, seems like a difficult one. It, it's, it's a high degree of difficulty. We'll put it that way. Absolutely. Um trying to skin a cat with like a spoon, like a plastic spoon, right? Like just a, that probably a, just won't work at all. I would imagine. Well, I don't think <laughs> that would just bite you. I, I don't think just Mike Clevenger and Victor Reyes to a minor, minor league deal will work at all either. Well, um, like I said, that's not going to be what it is when we're, when we're, when, you know, when we're watching them, when we're watching Jose Abreu and the Houston Astros raise their banner against the White Sox uh, in the season opener. How about that, by the way? Right. Um, but, uh, you know, when, when, when we're watching them do that against the White Sox in the season opener, we will not be saying, oh, man, the only thing they did was sign Mike Clevenger. There's more to come. The question is, will it be enough and how impressive will it be? Absolutely. And, hey, uh, we do have a gift for you uh, when you get back to the office because our Shady Rays, they sent you uh, their, your free pair. So your free pair is at the office. And let us tell you that they are the best uh, shades out there. Uh, they're Fantastic. That's great to hear because I'm I was at first I was like, oh, man, I wish I could have had these for, for our trip and I could have worn them all over Australia. And then I was like dropping my sunglasses everywhere <laughs> and get, getting covered in ocean spray not not cranberry juice, like actual spray from the ocean. You know, the, I'm walking through. I'm just sweating like sunscreen off my face constantly. So I'm glad I didn't get the new ones and, and wreck them. I'm, I'm glad to uh, have a fresh pair uh, uh, upon my return. Hey, not only is the best part about Shady Rays their quality because they have optical clarity, substantial durability, and styles catered to everyone in every lifestyle, but when you're dropping it like a fool um, because of the ocean spray in Australia and dropping it all over that dirt and all that, uh, the, the spider homes and whatever, uh, if you lost or break your shades on day one, they told us they'll send you a brand new pair, no questions asked, whether you drop them in the Great Barrier Reef. Uh, where, did you go to Sydney? Did you go to the the opera house? Yes, yes, we nice. went to Sydney. I both I took a, both a boat and a bike past the opera house in Sydney. Um, and funny story about the Great Barrier Reef, which you keep bringing up. Turns out you cannot snorkel well with a mustache. Oh, did you try? But, 
well, so yeah, we had a snorkeling oh. trip at the Great Barrier Reef, and I put the the snorkeling mask on, and it doesn't seal on your upper lip under your nose because of your facial hair. And mm. so I stick my face in the water to look at the thing, and of course, I've never snorkeled before, so I'm already doing that incorrectly as it is. But and my nose is just filled with water the whole time. I was just so I my trip to the Great Barrier Reef was mostly coughing um, and mostly <laughs> swallowing seawater, so that was exciting. Well, um, when you, <laughs> did they not offer you like any razor blades? They don't have this. They don't run into this issue. I was gonna with shave men? my mustache just to just, just to put a see some rocks on the ground. Two hours. I mean, it's very impressive. Don't get me wrong. You stick your face in there, and it's like you're watching a nature documentary. But uh, come on, how long ago was it? Is every day. What do you mean? How, how, how long? long? Yeah. When would you? Go what snorkeling? day? Date yeah. was the snorkeling. Like what? Two weeks ago. Two weeks back. Yeah. Yeah. You would have had a mustache back by now. No, you wouldn't have. He so, worked Sean. hard on this one. He's no reason to, to shave it off. It's but beautiful. while you're in the Great Barrier Reef, were there sharks around you? Possibly. I, oh, was, you I, wasn't, I was only Oof. able to look down there for about for a few a seconds at a time. So <laughs> didn't work. Um, anyways, uh, we're also still in the middle of an ad read. Uh, I love you, it. you ran over your shades with a bike uh, while you're going past the Sydney Opera House. Uh, they'll replace them on day one. Uh, but they stand behind their product, and their team told us if anyone has a problem, they'll throw out profit out the window and do what it takes to get it right. They offer free returns at exchange. You either love the shades or Shady Rays will pay them to shift them back. That's it. So whether you break them or don't like them, you will get your money back or you will get new pairs. But here's the thing. They are the best shades I've ever owned, so I think you'll be a happy customer. And they're running their deepest deal. Use code CHGO for two or more pairs at ShadyRays.com. Buy one, get one free. You can get two pairs for as low as $54. Redeem only at ShadyRays.com where you can find all their newest and best shades. It'd be a great gift uh, for the holidays if you got like a dad out there. I never know what to get my dad. You know, it'd be great. Two pairs of sunglasses because that way I don't really have to give them a gift for like another year. So there you go. Uh, two years checked out. Thanks, Shady Rays. Uh, and then Athletic Greens. If you are just getting back and getting used to uh, eating all that Vegemite down in uh, Australia and you want to get your body right uh, and back on track, our next partner has a product we've been using for the past nine months. I didn't have a lot of time in the morning to uh, take a multivitamin or do the research. And now Athletic Greens has come into my life and made it a lot easier. I've been on it for nine months and I love it. It doesn't taste super healthy. It kind of has a mild tropical taste that I look forward to each and every morning. And with one delicious scoop of AG1 in a cup of water, I absorb 75 high quality vitamins, mineral, minerals, whole food, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics and adaptogens to help me start my day right. This special blend of ingredients supports my gut health, my nervous system, my immune system, and my ability to have the energy to power through all these podcasts, even when the White Sox aren't making World Series uh, caliber moves. Uh, it's also lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, and it costs less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than a cold brew habit. So right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No needs for millions of different pills and supplements to look out for your health and to make it easier. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash CHGO socks. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash CHGO socks to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And Sean, right. you were talking about Vegemite. I heard one of these big time burger places has a little Vegemite in their burger mix which makes it uh, excellent, apparently. So, Like in Chicago? I hope, yeah. I don't know where, but they said, uh, like, you know, not like overwhelmingly, because I don't think that Vegemite is like that great, but I think it introduces like uh, umami flavor that's very unique. So, <laughs> should go and check Try out. Your... We didn't. I think we mm. brought back a couple packs of it. Like, you know, they have it like, you know, like a the little thing, like a butter comes in at the, mm. on the table or a jelly or whatever. They had like a little bit of that. So we grabbed some so we can still taste it if necessary. But everyone told us it's terrible and that we shouldn't <laughs> shouldn't bother with it. So we did not. All right. Well, I, yeah, I don't know if I, I want to try the uh, the the Vegemite burger now, Herb. But thanks I mean, for putting that on my, uh, my radar. I've heard it's at some place. I don't want to say the name because I, I don't want to say it incorrectly. But I've heard that, you know, it makes it. Mm, so Just tweet it out. Because it has other places. Uh, it has other ingredients that, you know, overwhelm the Vegemite. But Vegemite is key to their flavor i'd believe it i guess um all right let's get back into things Vinny missed did you miss the veggie uh burger thing or did you pick that up um mike clevenger we didn't get 
too into the signing. Um, I know it's obviously not making them a World Series uh, caliber rotation just yet because there's a lot of things that have to fall right. But what do you make at least uh, of this signing as a fifth starter? Well, yeah, let's put it this way. I think in terms of the kind of flyer move that we thought that they could make, you know, do Johnny Cueto again or, you know, to to give the constant example that I give of the one that didn't work out, the Irvin Santana signing from back in the day. Um, this one would seem to be much better than that kind of just a, you know, minor league deal, hope it works out kind of thing. And then that person ends up being a, you know, pillar of your rotation that you can't take out because of the lack of depth. Um, Mike Clevenger would seem to me to be a, a good version of that. Now, is he the guy though, that replaces that Johnny Cueto like production? I don't know. I think the idea now that I've seen the signing and, and what they did, it would seem to me that the idea is that Lucas Giolito would be the guy to replace that Johnny Cueto level of production, right? That the bounce back from him is kind of what they would think more, um, you know, but again, Clevenger's a guy who has done it in the past. He could have that kind of season like he's had in the past again. Uh, I don't think anybody should be jumping for joy over the fact that, you know, they signed someone with the 2022 numbers that they did. Um, but if he's your fifth starter, if it all, if it plays out to the point where he is the White Sox fifth starter, that would seem to me to be a pretty good fifth starter. Um, but it's very now hinging on Michael Kopech staying healthy. It's hinging on Lucas Giolito returning to form. Um, they have seemingly made their Giolito decision, which we talked about for so long, which was, do they see, still see him as a front of the rotation guy, or is he going to be, uh, you know, the best fit starter in baseball kind of thing? Um, it has seemed like he's probably their third starter right now with the, with the uh, hopes that he could be better and regain, regain some of that ace status that he had there for a while um, with Clevenger kind of penciled in to be the fifth starter who could be better than your traditional fifth starter. Um, I said it before I left and I'll say it again. Now that they have Mike Clevenger, the rotation is not the problem. The rotation is very good, I think. And uh, you know, obviously we saw, what Dylan Cease did while I was gone, go ahead and finish second place in the Cy Young vote. So uh, he is their number one starter right now. I think what we saw at the last, at the latter half of Lance Lynn's season last year uh, should be reason for great optimism that that number two spot is locked in as being very, very good. Um, there's mystery in the three and the four, and I guess the five now as well, but um, both a high ceiling and maybe a, a little bit of a lower floor um, than, than some people might like. But um, I think the rotation is probably, along with the bullpen, the pitching right now is the strength of this team. I would say no doubt about it. And Vinny, I don't know if you have caught it, but uh, have you seen Dylan Cease as of late? I saw the picture with him and the cat, and I saw yeah. that the mustache was gone, and I'm, I'm, I'm wondering what's going on. Now, Herb seems to believe that two weeks is all you need to grow an epic mustache back. And if that's the case, then Dylan's got plenty of time uh, to recoup that facial hair loss. But uh, yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a shock. Personally, how long do you think it's see the mustache gone? How long do you think it would take to, to get him back to Cy cease level? I mean, like two months. Like, I mean, if he if he starts, he's got to time. It, okay, I think he's got time. Yeah, right. I mean, he's just got to be ready for spring training and what that's like late February. So, I mean, he's got he's got enough time. I think he's, you he's know. got some time. Maybe he I just, just wants to mess be clean with, for the holidays. I just want to mess be. with perfection. He had it, got second in the Cy Young. Now that guy who won the Cy Young's in the National League now, so odds on favor of the guy who's going to be winning it in 2023 in the American League. Well, Jacob DeGrom's in the American League now too. Isn't he, he? Well, Jacob DeGrom won't pitch enough, but, you know, <laughs> he'll enjoy his money. So, hold on. If – I, I really can't bring up Andrew Vaughn playing left field as like a, a, an excuse or uh, maybe, you know, Lucas Giolito working out a little bit too much because of the lockout. If Dylan Cease comes in mustacheless and sucks, like I can't hear that. I can't hear that people Amen. are going to be like, he That's lost the powers happen. because of the mustache. Literal, literal Bible fable <laughs> about Samson Delilah. You're going to hear about it all the time. I know that was more about long hair flowing from the back of the head, but this is just an important. Did he have a, great glorious mustache the year before not really he did but not really and you see the results this year why change my, my favorite uh jesus passage is, is just after samson and delilah and it's uh, the one where they describe his uh cop-like mustache um <laughs> samson and delilah samson and delilah the only thing i know about that is this grateful dead song 
Yeah, I, I only know that one from songs. I don't know anything about that's the on, sampling. Uh, I think that's on Wake of the Flood. Is it not? I don't know. It might be on uh, might be on Terrapin Station. I'm not sure. I think I'm even thinking of a completely different song. I don't even think I'm thinking of a, a Grateful Dead song. Anyways, um, I don't think you missed much else because they didn't make too many moves outside of Victor Reyes to a minor league deal um, and then the Mike Clevenger signing. But outside of that, it was mainly a lot of people upset about Jose. A lot of people upset. Um, oh, just period. Probably. Yeah, a lot of people yeah. were just really upset. <laughs> That's about it. That's really all that you missed. Excellent. Glad to be back. <laughs> yeah, nothing has changed since you left. We're glad to people have are, you back. Or actually more upset, maybe. Really? The White Sox now. Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that White Sox fandom... And they can be assuaged, or it could be just uh, feel a little bit better. If just give me a middle tier left fielder, Andrew Benintendi, and I bet you White Sox fans are like, man, through the roof. We're good. It's the one guy I don't want. I know you, I say it on purpose because <laughs> you keep on saying you don't want Andrew Benintendi, even though he's fine. He's actually a nice three win left fielder. Yeah. I, the only other thing I think you missed is I wrote three articles. So there you go. You know, how'd those go? Gonna, how'd those turn out? Uh, well, one of them, I did a rule five draft on five guys they could take, and then they didn't take any of them. So. That had to take so much work. Yeah, it did. Oh, <laughs> it my was, God. It took way too much The work. amount of research that would have to go into previewing the rule five draft. Oof. Oof. That was, a day, that, that was a day you will not get back, Sean. You know, I, I learned that while I was like doing it and it, I don't regret it. It was worth it. It was it was fun. You know, it got to I got to flex the muscle and, and that's all that was worth it. But, uh, you know, and, and people got to read my thoughts on five guys that will never play for the White Sox organization. Uh, but anyways, that's going to do it for the CHGO White Sox podcast. Very happy to have Vinny Duber back on the podcast. You could catch his writings at allchgo.com and those writings are now free on allchgo.com. So if you see a Vinny article, uh, click on it. You could read it. Um, we do have the diehard level and there are some diehard posts like Vinny's uh, cricket post was a diehard level post. Um, so if you do want to read his thoughts and you are a diehard, check that out at allchgo.com and check him out on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. That's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. And I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. We'll talk to you live tomorrow at 4 p.m. on the CHGO Sports YouTube channel. Go Sox. Ah, mm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.